excited this week. So it's been a good retreat, huh? Talking about relationships. When we were talking about this at our servant team meeting, uh, they said, how long can we go? And I said, when you talk about relationships, you can go as long as you want because people just want to keep listening. Is that about right? Yeah. So three hours won't be too long. You guys are cool. No, we're just kidding. It won't be three hours. We hope. But anyway, relationships are a top priority to God. They're a huge deal. In John 13, 35, Jesus said that our relationships for each other are what the world would see him through. They would see his love for God and the unity that they have within the Trinity and the love that he has for us by the way we love each other. Isn't that kind of cool? So this is not a small issue to God. He talked about that even further in John 17. And in, in Ephesians 5, it talks about marriage specifically being in being an example of Christ's love for the church to the world. Isn't that cool? And so this is no small deal. This is a big deal to God. And honestly, guys, uh, this whole getting this whole relationship deal right, whether it be as a single or dating or as a married person, uh, it has a lot to do with what you get out of life, right? The abundant life that God promised, it consists of relationships. And you're not going to find it outside of relationships. Whether that's relationships within the body of Christ or relationships with, uh, with other uh, members of the same sex, just good, strong friendships. And then even further, uh, the whole romantic issue that we've been talking about this weekend. Relationships across the board are big. They're super important. And so we're going to be talking about uh, our relationship, and specifically about marriage. And we want to do this different. We don't want to make this just a teaching about marriage. We want to make our marriage an open book, so that you guys can really get a perspective on what marriage is like. And we're not perfect. We are striving to have a godly marriage that the world can see him through. And we're not where we want to be yet, but we do have a good marriage. And we want you guys to see our strengths, our weaknesses, what we're striving for. And when we're done, be thinking about questions. We just want you guys to feel free to ask any question about marriage, about our marriage, about whatever. This is your opportunity to look in. Don't you really want to know? Right? Don't you really kind of want to know? I mean, do people really... I mean, is it just a show? Do people really love each other? Because my story coming into college was... I, I really didn't think marriage was possible. I had seen some bad examples. And God really had to change my heart. And so a note about the picture quality. We, we had to come up with some slides. And we're getting to the, to the point where uh, all you young whippersnappers... See, now I can say that because we're so old... <laughs> You think that we're so old that different things like cameras didn't exist when we were, when we were young? But they did. They did. That would be Russ's era. But, but, but the, the picture quality is terrible on ours, not because we're so old, but because we had to scan all of our pictures into the computer from boxes of pictures that we haven't really looked at since college. It was kind of fun looking at all these old pictures. So, the first picture that I wanted to show is that one. Oh. Oh, we got to turn the light off. Can we turn this light off? I'm good. I'm good. Ugh. <laughs> I think we're making that face for more than one <laughs> Yes. As you can tell, last night we talked about two halves don't make a whole. You can tell that I am completely content alone and without Aaron there, can't you? Not a half at all, completely whole, happy with God. That was me. singleness. Thank God. And God put this 
this lovely woman in my life, but there was a problem. I was very happy and content without Nate. <laughs> and with God. And my friends. See, she was a whole, maybe not a half. You can see her there with Tracy laughing away. You can see me crying on the inside. <laughs> Wishing that Aaron would notice me. But she doesn't even have a clue. So that was us. Uh, one little note is how do you think you know if you're a whole or a half? That was a question that came up last night, and I kind of want to answer that. I, I want to say that, first of all, it is Matthew 6.33, like Nick mentioned this morning. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Right? If, if you're seeking God first with everything in you, you're a whole. Right? If you're seeking God halfway, you're not a whole. Does that make sense? And I think we each know how much we're pursuing him. And when you're at that place, I'm not saying when you're perfect, but when I'm saying he's your, your biggest passion, and he's what you're aiming at, and he is your, your goal in life, and he's what you're running towards, then you're whole. Anything less, and you're still needy. And see, when you're a whole, God can bless you with another person that you together as two wholes can reflect him with. But if you're a half and you're needy, that person just becomes uh, somebody that you expect to meet needs. And, and it's not they, they aren't the blessing that God desired them. Does that make sense? They become almost a commodity. And, and that is not what we're, what we're shooting for. So when God is everything to you, and when your joy is complete in Him, and when you're content in Him alone, uh, then I think you're ready. Then you're a whole. So uh, I knew she was the one, but there was a problem. Her and her friends were armed and dangerous. <laughs> and they were willing to fight me off the best they could. And it was scary at times. That's why I became a well-trained ninja warrior. So that I could not die. But that wasn't the way to Aaron's heart. You may think that fighting her with a sword would have been the way to her heart, but it wasn't. The way to her heart, like with all women, is through steak. That is exactly what did the trick. And it kind of was, actually. <laughs> we were walking out of a cross-training class together. This is like a discipleship class we did on campus a lot. And I, I'm, I'm sitting here working up all this courage. <gasps> gotta ask her out, gotta ask her out. This is like one of the things that Malcolm was talking about last night. Like, how do you befriend uh, the opposite sex but not necessarily make it a date? And I just said, you should come over for dinner sometime. She goes, how about right now? <laughs> so sweet, you were already dating. <laughs> and so uh, I began... Um, going into raging debt to try and provide the best meals I could for her. <laughs> Only I would have had a credit card. I still haven't forgiven you for stealing half that steak. I know. You guys, half my steak. if you give a steak to a girl that you're madly in love with, and she turns around, you might think it's funny to grab her steak and wolf it down. She probably won't think it's as funny. She might still marry you, but she might not forgive you for that, even ten years later. I remember that day very well. But I won. So, that picture, you can tell, uh, it took some reasoning from God's word and some prescription drugs to get her to say yes. <laughs> but she did. Uh, no, actually, I don't even know where those came from. 
do. <laughs> Look on my face is, oh my gosh, I can't believe she just did that. <laughs> yeah. Not getting away now. On a more serious note. Oh, this is for some of you guys. I had a lot of guy friends the year that Nate liked me too. And uh, they all liked me. I'm not going to lie. I had about eight guys. She was a player. To me. <laughs> I was. It was really bad. I did the exact opposite of what Leah said in her talk about not manipulating guys. I definitely took advantage of the situation. But one thing that really attracted me to Nate is that he really respected my boundaries and he didn't touch me or flirt with me or try to manipulate me. So I thought, wow. I, really I tricked her. <laughs> yeah. I tricked her. I was safe. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I would say too, Malcolm asked this question last night, and I said I'd talk about it more today. How do you know that this person's the right person? And I don't say this to brag, or this is not to my credit, but I want it to be an example that each of you would follow. That summer, I fasted and prayed like nobody's business. I think if you would have added up all the days I fasted, it would have been close to a full month. I mean, every week I was fasting two, three, four days a week. And I'm not saying, like, starve yourself, but I did not want to mess up the girl that I was going to invest the rest of my life with. Does that make sense? And I didn't want to date just for nothing. I wanted to make sure if we were going to date that this was what God wanted. And as I was fasting, I had this uh, this notion that she didn't want to date at all. In fact, she <laughs> told my roommate a few weeks before this date right here, <coughs> August 15th of 2000, that picture. And she had told my roommate she didn't want to date me and that she wouldn't date me. But I'd been praying and fasting and the night before this picture when we actually had the talk uh, that night I'm not kidding you, it clicked. I, this is bizarre. It's one of the few times in my life where God's word was so clear I would have bet every penny in the universe on it. I told my roommate Curtis, I said Curtis today's the day. I'm supposed to have this talk with her today. And Curtis says, dude, you're going to ruin it. She just said two weeks ago she doesn't want to date you. I said, no, today it's the day. And he goes, dude, you're going to ruin it. Don't do it. You're, you're being stupid. And I said, no, this is it. Today is the day. And uh, it was. But see, you guys, get this. The night before, she'd given it to God. God had been putting this relationship on her mind. And the night before, she'd given it to God. And it's no coincidence that the very next day, God gave me the green light, clearly. And we had this talk, and... That night, we defined the boundaries of the relationship, right? We set set rules, kind of like Mark and Hetty talked about last night. We weren't ever going to undress. We weren't ever going to touch certain areas. We, does that make sense? We set rules about our physical relationship. We set rules about how we were going to pursue God together, how we were going to be involved in the ministry together. And we set rules about our emotional relationship, too. Like, we wouldn't discuss marriage or anything like that until we've, we had gotten to know each other and... Um, so, I guess just to summarize that, if you guys are wondering who the right one is, don't make that decision before you've gotten it from God. Uh, make the most of your time as a single person and pray and fast. Uh, I would encourage you to do both as you make that decision. And, and seek godly authority. Talk to your leadership. Talk to your um, accountability partners. Talk to your roommates. Talk to people that have your best interest in mind. Because they might see things you don't see. Like, I'll tell an example, not to get too long-winded here. Some of you have heard it. But a few months before this, there was a girl that I thought I was in love with. And my roommates found 
out she wasn't a very good girl, so they busted in in the middle of our first date and duct taped me head to toe as the girl was screaming, you guys are stupid. Why you got, oh, there goes a mouse. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> Always adds a little zest to your top. Ah! <laughs> the mouse just died. <laughs> so. That would have been me if I would have married this girl, seriously. And my roommate, not my roommates, but some of my friends busted in, duct taped me, kidnapped me, threw me in the trunk of my, uh, and threw me in the trunk of one of their cars and drove me off, and left one of the guys to drive her home and tell her that she's not going to date their friend. So anyway, uh, accountability is important. And if you ever talk to Austin about that story, he's been there for me in every accountability area of my life for the last decade, but he missed that one. And to this day, he's very, 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 very upset that they didn't invite him to this awesome time of duct-taping me. So anyway, going to the next one, Erin. So that night that we just, you know, we set boundaries, I... I made it really clear that I was going to call all the shots from day one. So. <laughs> I, I think she really just didn't want anybody to see me with her. So. But dating and master plan is always an adventure. We, we, started, out, we started out with a classic NPM date designed by Russ. That was actually, really was actually one of my first dates. Yeah, we were hanging out one afternoon telling each other how in love we were. And Russ calls me and says, Nate, I just shot an elk and I need uh, a big, huge, amazingly strong guy like you to come help me pack it out. And I said, sorry, Russ, I'm in love. And I'm going to take Aaron out on a date. And I said, I'd rather go pack out an elk. <laughs> so I said, okay. So we hiked up there and packed out an elk. Coincidentally, uh, I was supposed to work that afternoon. And about maybe five minutes after this picture was taken, I realized that... I was supposed to be managing a shift in town, and we were on the backside of an engineer without cell phones, because they hadn't been invented yet. Okay. Well, maybe they had. But that's, actually, that's actually the first picture his mother saw of me. <laughs> Dear Mom, I found a lovely woman in Colorado. Okay. And so we began dating as college students, and uh, we, we had a great time growing our relationship with God. And you can tell we were... Uh, wait, am I stealing this? Yeah, you are. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we were actually so in love that we would dress alike together. That's sweet. That's actually just a joke. That is a joke. I don't think I'd even dress like you now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd be upset if you did. Yeah. But... <laughs> I uh, convinced Nate to take a swing dance class with me. We don't dance anymore. <laughs> Nate has two left feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so we continue growing in our in our relationship, but dating is a roller coaster. Had <laughs> a great picture. <laughs> we, we need a lot of support to do it right because it is a roller coaster. Actually, the true story behind this. Uh, this is at a time in Nate's life when he was afraid to take some steps of faith. <laughs> and I loved adventure and doing crazy, dangerous things. And So I took him to meet my family, and we went to Silver Dollar City, and we were riding a roller coaster ride. All right, we were standing in line to get on this roller coaster, and Nate goes, I am not going to ride that. No way are you getting me on that. 
I was like, please, Nay, please ride with me, please. No way, I'm not getting here. I'm not getting on that. Um, one, he finally got on it because my 70-year-old grandfather got on it. Too. <laughs> I didn't want to be outdone by my 70-year-old grandfather. So. Yeah. But in the roller coaster of dating, guys, uh, we started to realize that everything wasn't just a bowl of cherries. I kind of tended to bother Aaron sometimes. <laughs> and we realized we really needed to grow through some things. And uh, there are a few keys to growth that I think would help every one of you that are dating. And if you're not yet dating, uh, just look ahead to this. Don't just trailblaze on your own. You're going to need some support in your growth. And... Russ is always there to make sure that you keep Christ on the throne. <laughs> we, we, it was a high priority to us to, to be under godly leadership. We weren't just going to date and do our thing. We wanted Russ and Linda to be able to have authority in our dating relationship. You know, to call us out if, if we weren't on track. But beyond just Russ and Linda, what do, what do we always talk about you guys needing? Accountability. accountability. So I got an awesome accountability partner. <laughs> Austin, <laughs> and Austin was an accountability partner, and I've got to tell a quick story about Austin. Aaron and I once, uh, we weren't violating any of our predetermined physical boundaries, but we were pushing the envelope, kissing like crazy. <laughs> we never did that. <laughs> never. We never made a mistake at all. No, but we were totally kissing. I was trying to kiss her goodnight, and it turned into more than that. It shouldn't have. Don't burn your bridges. We weren't getting anywhere we shouldn't. But regardless, our, our hearts weren't in the right place. Does that make sense? That's why I talked about that last night. You know where your heart is. And uh, so after several minutes of this, feeling kind of like, okay, we really need to like back off right now. I look up, and here's Austin looking through the windshield at his way. <laughs> Austin had been there the whole time. He was watching us. <laughs> so we, we were able to have this accountability through uh, college, and that extended. So you guys, the relationships that you're building now with each other, those may become, and I bet they will become, some of the strongest friendships you have for the rest of your life. And you will be able to encourage each other years from now in your walks with God. It's also important to stay plugged into fellowship, because you can't do it on your own. Hebrews 3.13 says, uh, Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today, so that you will not be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So it's very important to be with your brothers and sisters in Christ who can keep you accountable and who can encourage you to follow God. And so we did. We stayed plugged in to Master Plan and, um, and our friends and following God, and that was really important to us. Anybody recognize where that picture on the left was taken? The garage. In the parking lot at a retreat. So pretty sweet. Yeah. And actually the picture on the bottom right. <laughs> Wait a I have to we have, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about this. It's about being being held accountable and you have yet to accomplish this. So this is probably one of our first dates too. We decided to go summit engineer. Who's summited engineer before? Okay, there's one part of engineer, it's called the chimney, and it can be a little bit frightening because it's a thousand foot drop off one side or so. And it was me and a bunch of guys, and Nate actually, and one other, one other girl, and she didn't want to make, she stayed at the bottom, didn't want to go to the top. But me and the guys, we went up and we got to the chimney, and Nate goes, I am not going up that. I said, oh, please, Nate, nope, I'm not going up. 
And all the other guys were thinking in their heads, we're not going up either. And then they saw me climb up it and said they all followed. <laughs> well, all except me. All except Nate. I stood my ground and stayed below. And he like still <laughs> has not summited anything here. Okay. And then we graduated. We did make it out. Uh, I got a degree in chemistry. Erin got her degrees in humanities and... MRS. If you don't know what that means, you can ask somebody. She did get her MRS degree. So anyway, that was graduation day. MRS. And there is... Yeah, her Mrs. degree. She found a husband at school. So anyway, there is me in the greatest moment of disbelief of my life. This woman is actually walking down the aisle towards me. I can hardly believe this is actually happening. I don't think Russ can believe it's actually happening either. <laughs> he's, see how he's squinting? He's like, holy cow. I for sure she was going to bail. <laughs> we got married after about two years of dating. And we, got, we had grown a ton. We, we had been friends for a year before we started dating. So we'd known each other about three years at this point. And we finally tied the knot July 13th, 2002. And uh, I would make a note about that, too. Russ and Linda did pre-marriage counseling with us. And Russ and Linda, I just want to make sure Linda hears this, we wanted to thank you guys for preparing us for this relationship. Because it wouldn't be where it is today if you guys hadn't invested uh, in us individually, discipling us in college, and then together as a couple. But it all culminated, or it all began, I should say, July 13th, 2002. And here is... <laughs> I did go through with it. I, I did. I'll say you did. <laughs> okay. And it was just the beginning, though. Yeah, if that, you know, that was a great day. I don't really remember it very well. But uh, it was a great day, but, you know, that's just the beginning. A lot of times we, you know, especially as girls, we're like, oh, our wedding day, oh... But in reality, that's just the beginning of an amazing process uh, that we are going to share openly with you today. Um, uh, like Nate was saying, it's hard, but it's a good hard. And But we'll get to that in a minute. So. Yeah. So our honeymoon was awesome. I loved it a lot. and But it wasn't exactly what we expected. All the guys got that. <laughs> it was definitely not what we expected. You expect your honeymoon to be great and glorious and, you know, butterflies and roses and dreaminess, but by the, we took a month off for our honeymoon, it was great, but we were also very poor college students, so it's not like we could do much, but by the first week we had met and seen, on accident, every single member of our family. <laughs> that is not exactly the most romantic thing on your honeymoon to see every member of your family. I think it's like by day three we... Yeah, all the day, the, sec the day after we got married. Well, our wedding night was pretty weird. Uh, we went to Pagosa Springs, to the hot springs, to stay there. And um, we thought, well, we, we should probably knock them. We thought we should probably eat, right? I mean, even though it's your wedding night, you still need to eat. So, so we, we, we go into town, we can't find any restaurants. Except this Pagosa, I don't even know what it's called, like this family diner. You guys ever seen that thing, like on the far side of town? We go and we sit down, and the, wait the waitress comes up, okay, what's it going to be? You know, we're like, this is just weird. You know? Don't expect your wedding night to be eating at this family diner and waitress kind of barking at you. Expect it to be like some movie somewhere. 
So we got food, and it was terrible. It was like the worst meal we'd ever eaten. I thought, we're going to go big, dude. I'm going to get steak. And I get the steak. It was like eating wood. And so we get back to our hotel, and it was just, it was this suite at the hot springs. It was at the spot. living room and all that. The spot. Yeah, but the, they had the hot springs there. And it was raging hot. It's the middle of summer. It's like 80 degrees in our hotel. They have this big unit on the side of the wall. It looks like an air conditioning unit. I keep flicking it. Nothing but hot air comes out. <laughs> so I finally called the front desk and I said, uh, so I think the air conditioner is broken. And the lady says, well, uh, sir, we don't have air conditioners. Those are just fans on the wall. I'm like, are you kidding me? She goes, but you could come get more fans if you want. <laughs> it's like blazing and it's not good at all. All the windows, none of them were frosted. Like, even on the restroom, the windows are across the restroom to the outdoors, and they're not frosted. And the windows, to I mean, it had a glass shower, and it's also glass and not frosted. frosted. And there's zero privacy in this place. It's steaming hot. Well, this is not what we imagined. So just, just let your expectations be there, but realize they might not happen. The point is to grow together. Okay. Well, that's your wedding ring. Oh, yeah, I lost my wedding ring on our honeymoon. It was interesting. We had a leaky tent. Yeah, backpacking, busting down your tent at 3 in the morning because it's raining on you. It's pretty sweet. So then we had the dink phase of our lives, the, the double income, no kid phase, which lasted a couple of years, well, a few years actually, until Eliana was born. It was fun. We had a lot of fun. We traveled a lot together. We took two years before we went into ministry just to focus on our marriage <coughs> and get to know each other and have a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We yeah. traveled everywhere. We had two jobs that paid a lot, made a lot of money, and spent a lot of money. So Didn't save a lot of money. Didn't save a lot of money. <laughs> and then in 2004, we joined Master Plan staff full-time. Uh, on the left there is a picture of us at Niagara Falls on our big support raising trip. It was 29 states, 18,000 miles over three months. And the little pathfinder that all you guys heard screaming up the hill yesterday. Uh, yeah, we traveled the whole country in that thing. It was pretty sweet. But yeah, and then we joined staff here at Master Plan, and it's been a, an absolute adventure ever since. Yeah, it's amazing how, just looking back over the last seven years, how God has changed us and how he's used uh, being in the ministry just how to develop us as a couple, as as individuals, so it's been it's been an awesome adventure, that's for sure. Okay, we're gonna zoom through these because we wanna get done before two, before the Super Bowl. Just kidding, we're gonna be done before that. So anyway, this is Hawaii for our fifth anniversary. I took Erin on a surprise trip to Hawaii. She didn't find out we were even leaving town until the night before, and she didn't find out it was Hawaii until like an hour before the airport. But yeah, there we are, enjoying the sun. And then, in 2008, September 13th, little Eliana was born, and that was probably the most awesome thing that's ever happened to us as parent or as, as individuals. It's just the greatest day of our life. Yeah. Um, it's so funny, though, as a parent, that brings a whole new set of dynamics to your marriage that really, um, if you're, it's something almost to prepare for, but it can throw you a curveball, that's for sure. You definitely have to work through things and and uh, and really communicate well together. And Yeah, it's but it's amazing. I would never go back as dinks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we love where we're at. This is the Master Plan staff team from the three different campuses. We love where we're at. We love who we're with. We love you students. We love what we're doing with our lives and what God has called us to do with our lives. We feel like the most privileged people on the planet. 
And uh, but it's but it's a process of growth, guys. We aren't there yet, and we we can't just quit growing. Yeah. So so now we've been married about seven and a half years. So it'll be eight years in July. And it's so funny thinking about back. Uh, we've been together for what did we say? About ten years. Nine and a half years nine, since we started dating. Yeah, nine and a half years since we started dating. Ten and a half years since we first met each other. Mm-hmm. So. A long time that we've known each other. And it's so funny looking back, right before we got married, doing pre-marriage counseling, uh, we thought we were really well prepared and that we, you know, we have a handle on this marriage thing. <laughs> um, and we probably were more prepared than most people going into marriage. But it's amazing the process of growth and what you don't know about each other that you think you know pretty well. You're like, you think you know this person pretty well and you're like, who is this person I married? You know? But... She asked that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but God has definitely, I mean, definitely done a lot in our lives through the last seven and a half years and changed us and grown us. And um, we've learned, we're still learning. It's such an amazing process. And 